What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Finance for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wren. Join me as we dig into what it looks like for physicians to begin using their finances as a tool to live better lives. You can learn more about our resources at financeforphysicians.co. Let's jump into today's episode. What's up, everyone? Hope you're having a great day. Uh, Appreciate you joining me today. I'm excited to talk about a topic that seems to be regularly coming up in the discussions I have with clients and and also in my own life. It seems to just always kind of recrop and and that is building in margin in your personal finances. So I'm going to talk through what that is, clarify what I'm talking about and kind of how it can negatively affect your situation and how you can kind of work around it and ideally, you know, avoid it if possible. And, and I think it's going to be helpful to kind of understand what this looks like and ideally, you know, make life look a little bit better and easier for your situation. So we'll jump into talking through that now. All right, guys, this is going to be especially helpful for those of you that um, are kind of lean towards perfectionists. Um, I'm guilty myself. Um, or maybe you're analytical, uh, the analytical types out there. Uh, this is, I think it's, I think this is going to resonate with, with, uh, those of you that would consider yourselves in those categories. So the classic example of what I'm talking about when I say like building in margin into your financial lives. So the classic example, I think I would first describe is when we're talking about budgeting or just kind of maybe more broadly, like what are you doing with your money, uh, your day-to-day financial decisions, how are you deciding how much you're going to spend, and that sort of thing. So anytime like the uh, analytical, you know, lean towards perfectionist types start to talk about like knocking out a a project or task, it's going to be, you know, we're going to really jump into it and going to, we're going to want to make sure it's like correct and perfect and, you know, lined up well and all the numbers add up and and that sort of thing. That can work really well in some areas of life. But when you start talking about financial aspects of your life, and especially like things like budgeting, it definitely is problematic. Uh, You know, life happens and we're pretty much setting ourselves up to to have failures or disappointments when we, um, you know, set things up this way. So what I'm talking about, so let's say you're, um, you know, ironing out, you know, where your, where you want your budget to be or how much you want to spend. So the classic, uh, the classic mentality is like, okay, I'm going to think of all the categories where I am spending money and I'm going to, you know, write it all down or kind of document what my estimates are of those, each of those categories, and maybe even look back at prior periods and try to verify like how much I'm spending in those categories. And, and, and maybe you're thinking about for the future, like maybe you want to spend in other categories. So the gist of it is you're going through kind of this thought exercise of, of thinking about all these different categories and how much you would ideally like to spend or have been spending in each of them. And oftentimes, you know, you're going to get pretty, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will get very specific. So for example, if I'm on like 
the gas uh, home uh, gas costs or, or home utilities or whatever. I'm going to say, okay, well, let's look at our power bill for the past 12 months. It's uh, average is $132.57. Boom. That's my budget for the uh, gas. Let's look at electric. It's been $227.52. Boom. Let's put that in there. And so that's the makings of this type of budget I'm, that I'm talking about. Uh, and that's, that's like generally good. That's not like necessarily bad. Uh, but so you work through kind of all these categories and you line out like what you would kind of, after you go, go through this process, especially if this is like the first time you're doing it, you're feeling like good. It's maybe, you know, maybe it's even perfect. I mean, it's like, I've covered all the categories I got, I got all, you know, I, I think I've thought through most things and, um, it seems pretty solid, but what happens is. Well, first of all, you start to get into the harder to quantify categories like dining out or maybe even, you know, hobbies or, you know, fun stuff uh, more generally. That's that stuff starts to become more difficult to predict and your past is not always a good indication. And, it, you know, t that's where your lifestyle tends to creep up or increase in. And so maybe you do rough estimates there and and maybe you use kind of like your gut feeling about it or maybe you do look at the past and that's you know a, probably a little better indicator but those numbers start to get less uh solid and and then on on top of it so even if you feel like you've addressed all the categories what happens is we start to go through life and first of all things go up and and costs like and things get more expensive over time second of all like we always as humans tend to forget little things uh, or new things happen and so you're pretty much guaranteed to to undershoot using that strategy in fact i've done it a bunch of times with people like families that we work with gone through the budget estimates with people and it's almost always under, undershot, like underestimated. The expenses they think they're spending or think they're going to spend is almost always under what they actually end up spending. It's like a, I can, I can pretty much predict it. Now, maybe 95, 90 to 95% of the time. Now, occasionally we are working with people that, that, that don't do this. And so I'll talk about what, what that, you know, how that happens or what that looks like. But when you try to run a perfect budget, you're setting yourself up to, to fail because, you know, life happens. You're going to go over on categories. New stuff's going to come up. You're going to have categories of stuff you forget to count for. That's just the way things go. So what happens when you go over budget? First of all, it's like kind of a disappointment. It's a chip on your, you know, you, you, you feel bad about yourself a little bit. And but maybe it's been, you know, maybe it's the you know, first time you've done it and you're like, well, let's go back to the drawing board. We're going to re re rework this. The problem is that in a lot of cases, you're not quite sure what the underlying root cause is of you, you know, going over budget or overspending or what, however you want to describe it. So you're going back to fix the pro problem, but you don't quite understand what's causing the problem. And so the tendency in that situation is, is just to say, well, you know, I, it's simple, uh, spend less, make more, you know, cut my expenses. So let's just go back to the budget. Let's start cutting things, but that doesn't actually change anything. Um, necessarily it's just kind of, 
you're potentially setting yourself up for even more disappointment in the future. So you go back to the drawing board, you, you know, cut a few expenses, you're like, or you say, you know, we forgot this category, or we've been getting a little loose on our dining out, we're going to do better with that and, and that sort of thing. And, and then you go for round two, but you haven't yet addressed this root issue of not really, you know, building in margin. And so now there, now before we keep going, just to clarify, now there can be like other root causes besides what we're talking about now in building in margin. There can be other root causes like you're just, you're, you're just, you have uncontrollable spending. There's, there can be some like major issues that are completely unrelated to this. So there's all kinds of root causes that can be problems here. But for today, we're talking about the root cause being, you know, failure to incorporate or build in margin into your financial life. So I would say this is probably the most common issue. Um, but just to clarify, it's not always, you know, there's there's exceptions where this is not in play. So anyway, you're going through this second time and same thing happens just, you know, all over again. And it gets even more disappointing. And you start to be like, man, this budgeting stuff sucks. It's like painful. I go in and feel like I did a really good job setting all these numbers, but I always go over like, and that sucks because I don't hit my goal and it's a disappointment. Why would I ever continue to do something that's painful? I'm going to give up on this. This sucks. And I'm, I'm just going to kind of do my best or save first and spend the rest or, you know, whatever. It sucks. I'm out. And you give up and that's kind of the, the cycle. Um, and, and you don't pay attention to your spending at all. I've seen that happen a million times. That's, that's, that's a common occurrence. So the second, so that, that's the, the, the first example. There, there's another example I, I wanted to talk about that, um, you know, it's a little bit of a different flavor of this, but, um, but the same underlying issue is like not building in margin for uh, planning and your finances. Um, but this is a little bit more like future oriented. So second example, let's say it still revolves around like you're still looking at like your your spending, but let's say you're approaching a future bigger decision and maybe maybe buying a house. That's always a biggie. So maybe you're thinking about buying either your first home or an upgrade or whatever. And so you're in that in the thick of that process. You're you're doing all the homework, you know, coming up with a budget for the house and you maybe you've done a good job like adding that into your budget. Like you've looked at your prior budget and you've said, okay, this, here's how much room I have in my budget for this new home or, you know, potential upgrade or first home. And it looks good. And you've set your, your, uh, target price range. So in this situation, uh, classic situation with these big type purchases, especially that, uh, I mean, really any of them, but big purchases like a house, we always tend to undershoot the numbers in this situation as well and, and, and fail to build in margin and, 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 or think about all the expenses. So with a house, you tend to think about, well, mortgage, principal and interest payment, straightforward taxes, kind of straightforward insurance, eh, a little bit more straight, you know, not super straightforward, but most people account for it. Um, but then you get into, 
utilities are a little harder to budget, hard to know what it is, but you can do it. And then, and then even harder is like maintenance and upkeep um, or improvements. Uh, that's kind of more of a, you know, as you choose thing, but houses oftentimes I've talked to many, many people that say, man, I didn't realize that we were going to spend so much money on the house. The house has kind of taken over their spending. So um, it's extremely rare that, and I think it's almost like psychologically difficult when you're in the heat of that decision to build in margin for things like that. The reason is subconsciously is that you know that if you're going to build in margin there, that's going to reduce the amount you can afford. I think, I think subconsciously that's the number one reason we're failing to do that. And probably the same reason we're doing it in the budgeting example before is we're just like, you know, I want to get all my other categories exact so that I can have more money to left over to spend or do whatever else. Maybe, maybe you want to save it or whatever, but so we're in the house, we're in the heat of the house decision. We're looking at all the numbers, but when you start to get to categories like home maintenance, you're like, ah, oh, it can't be that much. And, but that's not based off really any scientific evidence. It's just your feeling in the moment. And the feeling in the moment is I want to get a nicer house and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. And so, and then just home stuff in general, like improvements, if, you know, if you want to, maybe you're buying a house that needs a lot of work. The question would be like, have you financially modeled that out into the equation? How's it going to get financed? And so what happens is if you don't, so the, you know, average, the natural tendency is you go through that whole experience. You don't build in any margin. You, you get like the exact numbers for all the known expenses. You buy the house. It's great, but you get in the house and then life happens. Same thing. Extra stuff either blows up that you didn't think about like the, you know, fireplace is leaking and it didn't come out in the inspection or there's mold or the tree gets blown down. And you're like, Oh no, I didn't know it cost $3,000 to get a tree taken down or moved out or, you know, whatever, you know, plumbing, there's all kinds of stuff. And you guys are all busy. So you don't have a ton of spare time to be like chainsawing trees down in your backyard. And you probably shouldn't even if you did have the time, but life happens and, Houses are extremely expensive, and especially if you haven't owned them before or if you're upgrading, it's hard to know like what it's like because you haven't experienced it. Uh, so that's probably putting you even in a even a, at a more disadvantaged position, you know, knowing the situation. And so what what it really comes down to is there's a there's a little bit of like you know not thinking through all the categories, but, but I think what it really comes down to is just giving yourself more wiggle room and building in all that margin. And so with the house, when you do this, you get, it, it ends up kind of same sort of situation with the budget. You get, you feel like let down. So you feel like, man, I wish I had known this house was going to cost me this much money. Or, um, man, if I'd known it was going to be this much, I would have done something differently or I didn't realize, you know, I'm making a lot more money now. It doesn't feel like I have that much 
to show for it. Those are the common like things you hear after this is like, you know, I didn't realize it didn't, I didn't expect it to, to shake out like this. That's, that's kind of the end result of this. And you also feel kind of like you missed the mark a little bit and it makes you not, you know, super excited about digging into it again. So these are very similar um, underlying issue, you know, underlying causes. The good news about all this is it's very, very simple and easy to fix it and straightforward. And I, everybody can start doing it like immediately. It's a super simple solution. All you have to do is for, for your budget, for your day-to-day finances, just in finances in general, start thinking from this mindset of like, it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it's not going to, it's impossible that it's going to be perfect. And I need to go ahead and assume it's going to be a little bit of a mess and I'm going to build in a lot of margin. And so whatever you're thinking, so I, I, I have worked through this exercise with people. So let's say you're, um, so let's talk through specific examples for each of those, those two examples I gave and how you might ideally do this. Um, so building in margin. So let's say your your spending or your budget is $10,000 of spending a month. And that's the projected, you know, lifestyle. What I would encourage you to do, if you're a um, pretty good analytical, you felt like you did a really good job estimating the expenses, I would go ahead and build in 10% margin. And so that'd be, you know, $1,000 a month on top. So 11, so make the 10, 11. And that way you're planning your, you know, assumptions, your, everything you're doing, instead of using the 10, you're, you're using 11. So your decisions, your planning, your assumptions, if you're working off that 11 number, you're way more likely to set reasonable assumptions and make better future decisions about bigger things and um, also not let yourself down. Now, if you're a, I'm not a, I'm not like a hardcore budgeter by any means. And in fact, I actually like, I would, I think most of you don't, don't have to budget. You make plenty of income and you, you know, not something, especially if you're hitting your goals and your life's good. Why there's no sense like counting all your pennies every month. Um, so if you're the type that's like kind of resonates with that and you're like, eh, I don't, I don't really want to count my pennies. I'm not super into the wheeze. I'm kind of rough. I want to do rough estimates. Um, that type of person, I would probably go with like 20% margin uh, instead of 10% margin. The reason is it's just your numbers are going to be not quite as exact, which is all good. Like, especially if you're going to build in this margin, you know, your numbers will be still pr- pretty close. But like, so maybe you bump it up to, to 20% of uh, extra margin. Worst case scenario, you overestimate your expenses and you're pleasantly surprised. That's a far better situation than undershooting and being disappointed. So you just got to start to get in this mentality of like, I am going to build this extra margin in. And it's not like I am, you know, throwing away money. It's just I'm making it, you know, I'm setting more realistic expectations. Now, in the house scenario, same sort of thing, like, you're getting into that uh, phase of making the big decision on whatever it is, you know, in this example, it's the house. So looking at the uh, cost of the house, first thing is you got to make sure you're hitting all the categories. 
So mortgage interest, principal, um, taxes, insurance, utilities, those are all the simple, straightforward, relatively straightforward things. Um, I would encourage adding in like 2% of the total value of the of the house as uh, maintenance costs. So um, that's just to keep the house in the condition. And this is just like what the real estate experts say uh, is a good rule of thumb, but like 2% of the value. So if you're, if the house is a million dollar house, 2% two, uh, 2 of that is $20,000 a year. So that's the annual maintenance. So $100,000 house, $2,000 a year annual maintenance. So that's kind of a rule of thumb for maintenance. So make sure to get all the categories, get all of those minimal categories accounted for. And then on top of it, for the, especially if you expect to, you're going to need to put in some work into the house, build in that, uh, you know, improvement fund. And so whatever that is, so you do the financial numbers for it, like, um, you know, model out, like if you need to do a bedroom and a bathroom remodel or whatever, just rough, rough estimate, the cost of it and say, you know, I'm going to do it in this amount of time or that amount of time, start to come up with like a monthly amount that needs to be dedicated to that. So whatever that number is, I think a good safe way of building in margin here is just double it. So double the improvement amount. And that way you're, you know, cause that's, so that's the category that tends to like eat up the spending. So what's going to happen is when you start to go into the decision-making process for the house, when you build in that double the normal number of uh, improvements, so you've doubled the amount you were going to spend on improvements, it starts to kind of make you think twice about like the budget. So you're like, can we really afford this million dollar house? Maybe we should really look at a $700,000 house. And it gives you a more realistic expectation and assumptions are more in line. So worst case scenario, same thing. Worst case scenario is you are like pleasantly surprised that you have a little bit more wiggle room than you thought you were going to have, which really only gets you in a position, a good position of being able to do things sooner than you thought. And you're avoiding that worst case scenario where, which is very common, is where you underestimate the cost and then Fast forward, you're, you're in the house and you're stretched too thin and you're frustrated and you have a house that's like incredibly difficult to get rid of. So do yourself a favor. Think about these things on the front end. Build in margin, whatever you think it should be. Make it even higher than that. Double it. I mean, like give yourself a lot of margin and that way you're going to be, especially that. so the earlier you are, in your life or your financial life, um, the bigger I think the number should be just because you don't have a lot of experience doing this stuff. You can always like adjust the number downward after you have had some time of verifying things. So avoid the temptations we all have of like making the budget perfect and analyzing it and getting it all kind of correct. And just, you know, build in that just extra category of this is for margin, it's wiggle room and do it for a while. And I'd love to hear back from you. Like I have, I'm very confident you'll be happy about it on the back end, like fast forward a year or so from now. Um, I think you'll be much happier. You'll feel better about it. You'll feel more flexible, but just try it out for a little while. See how it, it's working out. And um, I'm confident you'll have better experience with things. You'll feel better about your results. And that's really what we're after. 
Hope this has been helpful and uh, we look forward to chatting again next time. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please give us a review on iTunes and share with a friend. Also check out our website at financeforphysicians.co for all sorts of additional content. See you next time. Finance for Physicians is not an investment, tax, legal, or financial advisor. All content included in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial tax or legal advice. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by Finance for Physicians as to another party's informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. If you don't have an advisor or would like a second opinion, feel free to check out our website for recommended advisors.